From the Rookery End is sponsored by Bet365 and their app features over 300,000 sporting events. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. Personalise your bet by using the Bet365 Bet Builder to combine a wealth of bets including match results, players to score and number of goals. And you can feel closer to the action through text and graphics in the Bet365 Match Live features. Become part of Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company, by downloading the app from your app store. Bet365, it's got everything you need to bet on sport. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to From the Rookie End, a podcast about Watford FC brought to you by The Athletic. My name is John, with me is Mike. Okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever. <laughs> Good evening. Yeah, it's only, th- it's only the second round of the League Cup, Mike. Uh, and uh, in the car park at the uh, Kassam Stadium, after being at the game, uh, the Watford correspondent for The Athletic, Adam Leventhal. I'm in the car park, but I've got a great view of inside the ground. That's the way <laughs> it is <laughs> here, at, uh, here at the Kassam Stadium. Yep, still here. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to having a chat about all this. Yeah, it wasn't, Mike, the sort of... Well, again, we've had this dream that we wanted to have uh, for Watford uh, and all these great performances. And uh, it was for about a minute and a half. Uh, it was, you know, really dominating, wasn't it? And we, almost, we went very close very early on. And there was a bit of energy early on, I suppose. Yeah, it, it, almost, it was almost the perfect start, wasn't it? And it would have literally been the perfect start for two players for different reasons. Jim, Jerome Sinclair sort of battled down the right and, and won the ball back, showing a bit of energy and tenacity, won the ball off the off the Oxford left-back, put the ball in, and there was uh, debutant Peritza playing his first game since February. Um, and he had a, a first game since February and, of course, his first game ever for Watford. Uh, and with his first touch, he could have, and perhaps should have, maybe that's me being a bit bit harsh, could have scored. So at, at that stage, 90 seconds gone, it's like the, the Sinclair comeback is on. The, he's going to be the unlikely hero and our new striker is going to notch all within 90 seconds. But it didn't carry on quite at that trajectory, did it? No, it certainly turned into a game with some heroes and some villains. Uh, the hero, of course, as everyone knows, uh, was... Daniel Backman and thanks to Arlo we've got a little tune that we can sing even though we aren't chanting in the terraces he was an absolute hero Adam not just in those penalties, the, the whole game. Yeah, it was it was the perfect night for him for for so many reasons. Obviously, you know that the performance, the amount of saves, being the hero from the penalty shootout, but also you look at it and you go, right, I've got an opportunity in front of my new head coach, um, who's also given me some time. Let's not forget, you know, against Tottenham in that in that big game um, prior to the start of the season, um, to just sort of get him thinking about me not just in terms of a, a support act for this season, but maybe as, as number one. And I thought he was exceptional. The, the string of saves that he pu- pulled off uh, in the first half, I mean, it could have been it could have been three, four or five in that yeah. first half, bar, you know, Easy. some of those, those clawing saves that he made. And then obviously 
Uh, he made more in the second half. I think maybe the pick was probably in in, in the second half late on as well. Um, and then and then the penalty shootout as well. I mean, you don't. It was it was a discussion point inside the ground, you know, with the the communication staff at at Watford and one of the journalists as well, basically saying, "Have Watford ever won a penalty shootout to nil before, where the goalkeeper has saved three? And I mean, I was trying to think back, and I remember watching old videos and uh, where like maybe. Tony Coton had done something special, I remember, in a penalty shootout. But I think if anyone was I... going to, it would have been Tony Coton. But yeah, I don't think, but I, I think I... they've ever seen that at all, anywhere, in no, any game of football. It, no, and it was... I, I, I mean, I don't think it has been done. I'm sure someone will pitch up who's far more knowledgeable on the history of Watford uh, than me, um, and maybe we'll find something. But I think it's probably a first. Um, but no, it was great. And also, you know, just seeing him after the game, smiling from, from ear to ear, knowing, look, I've done exactly what I wanted to do because mm. he didn't do that last season um, against Tranmere. He had those two opportunities and it didn't quite go to plan for him. So it was great to, to see him perform so well on the pitch and also smiling when we spoke to him afterwards. Daniel, well done. Can you describe that as a, as a body of work? It was very impressive. Um, yeah, we, we knew from the beginning it was going to be a tough game and obviously we were a bit off it in the first half and sorted things out kind of in the second half and pulled through and showed a lot of a uh, lot of character from the from the boys to go you know 10 men down the last 25 minutes left and still ended up going through so it was obviously the, the most positive thing was that we got through you put the team first that's very honorable of you but ever you'll make the headlines it was it was about you keeping the side in the game in the first half again in the second half and then obviously winning the penalty shootout from you personally that must have been a fantastic night yeah it was it was you know it's always nice as a keeper if you have, have, have saves to make and, and and do make them I always say it's that's our job you know to 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 make the saves that's what we're here for to you know be the last line of defense and uh, yeah obviously you know it feels nice to make those saves and kept us in the game you know towards the end and then the penalties obviously penalties is always <laughs> always something special for a goalkeeper and you know to save three in a row that I'm not gonna lie that was that was nice. I was, I was actually walking after the third one. I walked, across, I walked, uh, I walked away to the side, and I was, I was saying to myself, "What's going on here? What, how's that happening?" Do you practice a lot in terms of, well, especially ahead of this game? Did you practice penalties? No, that's something as a goalkeeper you really don't practice. Obviously, you, you know, every, you know, maybe once a week after, you know, after a training session, a couple of the players take some penalties and. Um, but that's more for them rather than for us, you know. Yeah. Penalties is one thing that you don't really practice because, you know, it's 11 yards, no defenders, a dead ball, you know, there's not much that can go wrong for a striker, really. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it's and high, but, you know, that's something that, um, you know, you go with your instinct. Obviously, you look uh, at the players before, you know, at their record and, you know, what sides they go. And, um, yeah, it worked well tonight. And just from your point of view, in terms of having to wait... And you, I suppose the wait might still go on. You know, you're not necessarily going to come straight in for, for Ben Foster. How has this this period of time been? It, has it been challenging? Yeah, of course, it's very tough. And um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to play. I think I've, I've showed that over the last the last few weeks. And um, you know, I want to play. Um, that's not that's not a secret. And I'm, I'm here to play. And you know, all I can do now is push Ben. And obviously, I don't know what's going to happen on Saturday. Like I said, we won on Friday, so probably won't be a change. And um, which is fair enough. Um, so um, you know, I have to play well again on Tuesday, and um, just have con- continue training hard and, and, and push Ben, and, and hopefully, um, hopefully play soon. Mike, it, it was a great performance, and it, it's the first sort of feeling we've had that Ben has got some competition, uh, as we know. Actually, that's good because he does like to think a lot about cycling, does our Ben? Um, but he was the hero. It's the the villain 
who and that give you notice, Mike? I, I picked you for the villain, not Adam. <laughs> um, who, who who was the villain of the piece for you from a, from a Watford point of view? I think it's, uh, you're always p- painting me as the as the bad miserable I'm not guy. Painting and, it, I, you that, demonstrate I, it constantly. Well, okay, yeah. Well, <laughs> what is it? I mean, what is it over the last ten years of me being grumpy that makes you think that? I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, but I mean, I do want to say that first Backman penalty save, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. So there, there we go. Bit of positivity there from me. I think we said in the last podcast, didn't we, after the after the Middlesbrough game, that we were hoping for more from Nathaniel Chalabar. And it was interesting tonight that he was given the the captain's armband, which seemed to demonstrate a little bit of, perhaps a little bit of kidology is probably the wrong word, but 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 if it's perhaps giving Chalabar the opportunity, right, go out there. You're one of the guys who has played before. You're what you're one of the guys with experience in this side. Go out there and prove to me, prove to your teammates, and prove to the to the watching Watford fans that you are. On your way back, really, because that's what we spoke about, isn't it? We want him to, to to recapture that form that that he he once had a couple a couple of years ago, pre injury, and it just didn't happen for him at all, did it? I think he looked he didn't look great on the ball. Um, he doesn't look comfortable on the ball necessarily. Um, I think he um, to say welched out of a challenge for the goal would be a little bit harsh, but certainly Tommy Mooney picked up on it on the on the Hornets Hive coverage. Um, and it, it just wasn't a great tackle, uh, attempted tackle for the, for the goal, was it? And he just didn't cover himself in glory, culminating in being being substituted at half time. Now it may well be that with one eye on um, uh, another important game coming down the track straight away on Saturday away at Sheffield Wednesday, that it was predetermined that that he was going to come off after forty five minutes. But having made him captain. I question that, and I just think it was an opportunity for him to shine that I think has slipped through his his fingers. And um, I think to call him a villain, you know, Jace pulled me up on 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 Friday evening for for being too harsh. I think being a villain, calling him a villain, would be uh, probably overegging the pudding a bit. But that that's a massive opportunity missed, I think, for for Nathaniel Chalobah. What was his body language like? Where was he sat, Adam, uh, in the stadium during the second half? Did he even come out in the second half? Well, you know what? The, the, well, the, there's two things to this. Most noticeable, I thought, was when he was walking off pitch. Um, he was actually involved in a, a bit of a bit of an argument with with Carl Robinson. Yeah, I guess that showed up on the on the TV pitch as well. And I must say, look, I I haven't seen the goal again. I haven't seen any of the action again because there wasn't any TV replays. So I'm sort of sitting, I'm literally in the dark on some of these things. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, his body language at that point didn't seem particularly um, defeatist. It, it might have been that, that Vladimirovic, um, you know, then made that call at, at half time and it may well have been preordained. And I also must admit, and let's be honest, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie about this. I didn't ask him about it I should have asked him after the game about it and that's probably a failing of mine I should have asked him and said look why did you hook Shalabar at half time my my view watching the game was oh, it's, it's been preordained and you know he was only going to be given a half but then I agree with you Mike that if that was the case then you wouldn't have given him uh, the captain's armband so I don't know we may well find out about that a bit more and I will make a solemn promise that in the next news conference that I will um, ask him about so that. So there's um, the answer. You're you're the villain for not doing your. I'm the villain. Job, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm just the idiot. I'm just an idiot for not for not asking. You were um, caught up in the, in the 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 aftermath of a penalty shootout win. I think there's probably better things yeah. to talk about at that point. But well, the, no, but it's important. It's an important thing because you know he is a player that is in in terms of of actually having a a future at Watford. Yes, he's got a contract. 
But last season, it didn't go to plan and he wasn't particularly happy, um, you know, playing a supporting role. Um, and he played a few important, um, he had a few important moments, you know, against teams when Nigel Pearson initially took over, but then it sort of fizzled out, didn't it? If he wants to get back playing again, he needs to build up a body of work to show prospective teams that he is someone that they should have in their team. And that, and in terms of his, his view on this, you know, he'll be thinking, I played for England not so long ago. I got myself back into that on, on very few games. So I deserve to be back at Premier League level. But he has to show that. And, you know, he has to dominate a game like this. And he, he, he didn't do that. Um, and I don't know if that, that was because there was sort of, um, a feeling of, of not knowing, you know, that the, the dynamic in midfield or that, you know, the team hadn't really played much together and there wasn't much, you know, gelling between the midfield and stuff like that. But I don't necessarily know if that can be used as an excuse because, you know, he knows Daniel Phillips. He's even said himself that he knows Daniel Phillips from uh, back in the day at Chelsea. So he knows him. He knows Domingos Kina. He knows all these guys. So I, I don't think that that will be used as an excuse. And it may well be that it was preordained. So we may be looking too hard into it. But but all in all, it wasn't a positive night for him. I don't think Keener played well either. Adam. No. I think I think that both of them have have struggled for for the yeah. I think Keener struggled really for the for the second game in a row after you know we we were quite positive after the Tottenham game, weren't we? And it and it looked for all the world like Watford were putting a lot of faith in in Domingos Keener in that in that pivotal role in the in the middle there, and he just didn't look at it again, did he today? And I but wonder. I, I think I, honestly, Mike, I think you know. I think it's too it's too early to, to to make any sort of um harsh judgments on any on any of the players that we've seen play in these Never first, too early for me to be grumpy and complain at them. Never too early. <laughs> you know, and I think that yeah, it's a lear- it's a, it is it's definitely a learning curve. But if you think about games in the past, um you know, I was just sort of thinking back to the Pozzo era. I know we had a sort of a, we have we've had decent runs um, elsewhere, you know, in the FA Cup and stuff, but the Carabao Cup, it's sort of often we've sort of just balls things up, haven't we? Early doors and, and it's almost, almost just sort of been tossed away and it, it doesn't really matter because it gets in the way at the beginning of the season. But these games now for this group, I think are really, really important because it's giving an opportunity to Vladimir Ivic to really scope out these supporting players who may well be, let's not forget, if this whole sort of, um, cohort of senior players leaves, they're going to be the ones that are left and they are going to be the ones that should be fighting for a position in that first team. So these games are really, really important. And there were some positives, there were some negatives, but I don't think the doors closed after one performance against Oxford because I think it, it, in, in general terms, the second half was far more cohesive than the, than the, um, than the first half. So they did respond to whatever Vladimirovich did say at half time. Nikki? Yes. As my wife, do you think do you think my hairline's okay? Uh, yeah, I guess for a man of your age. You sure? Yeah, it's fine, my love. Cool. Because this episode of From the Recurrent is sponsored by Hims. If you haven't heard of them, they're basically someone you can chat to about balding, which can be an awkward topic for some men because lots of us start to lose a hair before we hit forty. Apart from me, yeah, you're not lying, are you? No. Good. The best way to take control of hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some, which at least from the podcast, I do. Him was created to make it easy for men to seek care. They connect you to a real doctor online to discuss your problem personally. 
You are a bit grey. What? It's completely confidential and discreet, and you'll get a proper consultation with some sound advice on what you can do to help your hair before it's too late. It couldn't be easier. To book your free consultation, just go to forhims.co.uk forward slash athletic. That's forhims.co.uk forward slash athletic. Where's it grey? There. A Watford FC podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This is from the rookery end. And and what about Vlad? Uh, Mike, this was the first time we've seen him have a Watford team behind. Um, from a losing position and how did he change things you know I left Friday's game thinking yeah I think we're probably going to you know maybe sit on a lot of 1-0 you know uh, leads we're you know be a little bit more defensive than than attacking but he had to make changes and it it did work it was better it wasn't perfect but it was better uh, from Watford in that second half in terms of going forward yeah, and I think he will have been frustrated to, to concede the type of goal we did. I think he'll expect more of his his players. There was too much space for uh, a League One player to, to to shoot, sort of almost uncontested. It was a decent finish. Uh, Backman had no chance, but he will, I think, have been disappointed about that about that goal because of the way he sets up is obviously to you know keep the shape, stay solid, not concede, and hopefully grow into the game and and score. You know, we we know we're not going to see Watford going hell for leather, pelting for forward does certainly doesn't look that way anyway at, at this stage and you know understandably so with with the, knitting the team together and so on and so forth so Chalabar off Cabaselli and, and and Ken Semmer came on at, at half time didn't they and I thought Cabaselli sort of added an extra sort of layer of understanding a bit of solidity at the back perhaps and and Ken Semmer was was a was a bit of a spark wasn't he I think he's rapidly becoming a if he wasn't already a, a bit of a cult hero and uh, I think there's a, a huge amount of goodwill towards um Ken Semmer, primarily, I think, because his name is Ken. Let's <laughs> let's be clear about it, and I, and I'm here for that. I'm on board with it. But joking aside, he does look like he's got a bit of a spark. We spoke about his positivity on Friday as well, and I think again he was he was the catalyst, if not for a for a storming comeback, certainly a a more focused, a more impressive second half performance. Which it did feel like it was petering out a little bit. And Adam was talking about previous sort of Carabao Cup efforts just sort of disappearing over the horizon without anyone really bothering about it. And it did sort of have that feel about it to a degree. But I thought we were better in the second half, and uh, and I think he was um, it was a spark for that. And of course, the other thing to remember is that they had to be organised after after Mark Navarro got um, got injured, which. I, this is a massively brilliant, typical Watford thing. He got injured to get, take Watford down to 10 men, getting booked. What a, <laughs> he had to stretch to pull the guy's shirt to get the booking, and uh, and uh, looks like he, he's, he's done a nasty hamstring. So that was Watford down to 10. So uh, quite a bit sort of he had, with, with Ivic to, to contend with. 1-0 down that he wouldn't have expected or been happy with, making those second-half substitutions, and then down to down to 10 men. And I think the fact that Watford did keep going and ultimately scored. Uh, it was a good goal in some respects. It was a good ball in from the left, and then a good cut back. Pedro should have done better with the with the first chance. Um, but it was it was ultimately a well worked goal, and for them to to have created that so late on in the game, I think is is definitely a positive. You uh, got to speak to uh, to Vlad, uh, Mr. Ivic, uh, after the game, uh, Adam. How was he? Was he was he happy with? The, the the win or was there negativity in uh, in the fact that it it took till the the ninetieth minute for for us to get an equaliser? 
I think in general terms, he was very philosophical about the whole sort of event as a whole. You know, the preparation, it was sort of coming very soon after his, his first game. There's a lot of uncertainty about who's coming and who's going and, and new injuries and players coming in that haven't played much football. So I think in general terms, he will just look at it, you know, heading back to, to Hertfordshire um, as a sort of a job relatively well done. But he was able to sort of expand on a, on a couple of points. And he also spoke about that injury to Navarro when we caught up with him uh, after the game. Nani's fantastic keeper and good character. I think too, for me, it's a pleasure to, to work with him. And uh, I know his quality. He showed me during this one and a half month. And he showed today that uh, uh, he's the future of the, of the, of the Watford FC. He's uh, played all the game fantastic. Not I don't speak about the penalty. Penalty, I don't need to speak to tell something. Uh, but during the game, he's safe for sure, three, four uh, goal. I mean, to need to to work hard how he worked to continue. And uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, games and uh, he will play. Normally, we want to score and the players want to score. But uh, after a long period of the games, a lot of them play after six, seven months. Peritza, last game in February. Sinclair. I don't know exactly when he's played the last game. Navarro, he's played after a long period. It means two and plus three young guys from the under 20. Came here to, to give the, the chance for the, some of them to, to see them, to, to show their uh, quality, but we know that it's, it was not easy after this period, first game, to show everything. It means to we'll work, we have to work a lot, we have to improve them day by day and to waiting for them to show us uh, their quality and their 100% to help the team to do their uh, to do the job. With Navarro is uh, not uh, not good uh, situation I believe it's 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 very soon to speak now it's, it's about that because it's happened now and we will know tomorrow after tomorrow when he will do the MRI but the feeling is not good because he told me that he's felt that, uh, the sharp that means to something has happened and for sure he will stay out now. How long will it be? We'll see. Do you know how many of the, the players that weren't featuring tonight or in the first game that you might have back, senior players perhaps, that you might have back for the weekend? Listen, I, I uh, speak every day, uh, day by day. I speak with my uh, medical team and uh, with the doctor. They give me information every day and that means to... Believe me, that I'm the man who wants all of them to be fast with, with us. Understand? Now... Uh, uh, when will be the moment when uh, we will be completed the squad? I believe until the last day of the of the of the transfer window, we'll uh, look at the some position what we need. But it's a clear after this game uh, that we need uh, some positions. So that means to we need to speak, we need to talk with the uh, people from the board of the club to to find a solution and to to improve the squad to be. Uh, uh, strong and uh, to have the players in the each position, uh, two players. There's two bunch of players that I got, you know, it was interested in seeing what, what, what they were going to do uh, in this game this evening because we haven't seen much of them. Two of them because they're new boys from Udinese who we love in the championship. Uh, and the other one is the slightly younger players. Uh, we've already, you know, Mike Sieralta didn't really uh, shine in the, the goal for Oxford, uh, uh, but Peritza started to show something that's really gonna it has potential to be really decent just not quite yet 
Yeah, I think understandably he was a, a, a touch rusty, although you know straight into action after the, very very early on, as we as we've already mentioned. I like I like the look of him. I think we've got to be realistic about what the challenges are in in, in the championship. It is there is a bit of rough and tumble. Um, the, the perhaps the, the defensive quality isn't quite as good as it it was in the in well quite as good nowhere near as good as it is in the, in the Premier League so chances are going to come in different ways and I, I think we saw enough yeah and again we have to caveat with this with the fact that this is a Carabao Cup tie Oxford treat it as such as well they're a league one side so a different level of, of defence it'll be facing in the championship but for someone who hasn't played since February I think there was plenty there for to, from him to see from Pritzer to show that we've got we've got a decent um, decent signing on our hands uh, we certainly tried Pedro through the through through the middle on Friday night. Pedro came in and played sort of behind a little bit to, tonight. Um, and I think that's nice that we've got those those different options. I think as a target man, he's going to be he's going to be pretty good. I reckon uh, he won he won some headers. He he, he forced a great save uh, from the Oxford keeper in the first half with a with a header that was I think it was tipped onto the bar. So yeah, I think we saw enough from him this evening to to be enthused. I think uh, it, that was a that was an an interesting enough debut for me. I was I was pretty pleased to be honest. Uh, the other ones, of course, Adam, are, as we always love here uh, at Watford, are the younger players. After his debut, uh, just for a few minutes, though, uh, on Friday against Middlesbrough, uh, Daniel Phillips. We also saw the debut, and, and bear with me on this, with, with Derek Agyakwia. How am I saying that? Agyakwa. Agyakwa. Uh, that's yeah. the one. We'll get there. Uh, but also a, a player called Toby Stevenson, who I've never really heard of, but they did what you want from young players, very inexperienced, and they took the opportunity as think, yeah, as best they could, didn't they, Adam? I think they can be happy with their their work. I thought Derek Agyakwa, like um, Peritza, you know, Mike was talking about before, um, as a, as a youngster coming into the side, I was I was really impressed by him. I, I thought he there was some good touches. He was very combative towards the you know the edge of the penalty box in particular. He, he seemed to be reading the game very well he's obviously got height which is which is good uh, he's got strength so you know I'm sure that there are things that he obviously needs to work on in terms of you know his his game situation management and all that sort of stuff and there'll be people far more expert than I am to be able to pick holes in his performance and and the reason why potentially he was he was taken off I was impressed by him I, I, I like the look of him Toby Stevenson he came in and I suppose it's it's a sign of the fact that you know we haven't got um, Purvis Estupinian and we haven't got Adam Messina that he was given an opportunity on that left-hand side um, and in the warm-up f- for the game you know he was pinging balls in from from the left-hand side Mark Navarro um, from the right-hand side and then during the game I think it was that that chance that you were talking about Mike for Peritza that was a really good cross from the left-hand side from Stevenson um, and he got a round of applause on the sideline for, for that moment. So I thought there were some positives. I think, you know, maybe, you know, his physicality, maybe he needs to be a bit stronger, but he's just literally come into the side. He's getting used to his new surroundings. I know he's been playing some, some games in, in pre-season and, and sort of effectively been on a trial, but he's, he's, he's very new to the situation, so he can be happy. And also Daniel Phillips as well. And he's someone that I've, I've written a piece on for The Athletic, which will, which will be out for you very, very soon. And I've been really, you know, excited to see him because I think he's very eye-catching. I think he's very dynamic. Mm. And he, mm. you know, he, I think there are obviously things that he needs to get better at. I think a couple of times he turned into situations and sort of put put his foot into situations, which was, you know, if he wasn't going to win it, it was going to put his team in danger, which I think, you know, he'll probably be pulled up on, 
you know, in, in the dressing room afterwards. But overall, I thought his um, his distribution as well was something that I wasn't expecting him to be um, so good at. There's a couple of balls that he pinged over to the, to the right-hand side, which were very impressive. And also, you know what? The, the most impressive thing that I saw about him, he was the only one that pegged it when victory was secured right over to Daniel Backman. He sprinted from the halfway line Love all the it. way over to him and gave him a massive hug. <laughs> and all the other guys sort of in the centre circle sort of styling it out and shaking hands with, with Oxford players and stuff. But um, Daniel Phillips, it's a sign of, you know, what it meant to him um, for him to sort of just go and celebrate and, and just feel the moment. He, he you know, he's, he's a very sort of competitive person. And uh, yeah, I was really, really impressed with with, with that little moment. Yeah. Definitely, definitely one for football cliches that he would have been furious if no one had run to to celebrate with um, <laughs> yeah. with the goalkeeper after the penalty penalty shootout win. I thought Dan Phillips was great. I think, like you say, he he caught the eye. I mean, he he caught something else pretty early as well, didn't he? he clattered one of the the Oxford players pretty early yeah. on, which was which was good because it shows you mean he means business, doesn't it? And uh, and great that he's someone that's come through the academy, he'd been at the club for a long, long time, and we've put that's perhaps something that. We've we've missed as Watford supporters, and so instantly you get that that warmth for, to, to feeling towards him, and then seeing him uh, as wholeheartedly as he was throughout the, the fixture this evening as well. So I'm with you on that one, and I think that's a that's good. A little fact about Toby Stevenson: I I saw his professional debut, which was um, for Charlton. Yeah. Uh, at Stevenage in the Checker Day tra- 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 Trade Trophy, where he scored a hat trick, and uh, yeah, Charlton won eight nil, and I was there for that. And me and about sort of sixty other people. So there you go. Well, I'll see. I'll see your Toby Stevenson. Oh, here we and go. And I'll raise you one, which is also a bit of a tease to the piece um, that is going to be on the Athletic about Daniel Phillips. I'll leave it as a little poser for you. Oh. What connection does Daniel Phillips have to Diego Maradona? Okay. And There's we'll find we'll find we that find out, out in the piece. If you do want to read that piece, you can go to theathletic.com forward slash rookery end and sign up for a subscription. And at the moment, it's only a pound a month. Yeah. You've got to go and give it a try. That's a, not a lot of money at all for all the work that Adam does and all the journalists at The Athletic. And you can listen to this podcast ad-free. That's not without me. That's just, <laughs> that's just without adverts, yeah. Ad-free. From the rookery end, a podcast about life following Watford FC. Up next, then, Mr. Leventhal is a trip to Hillsborough. It's a place we've been to for a while. They don't seem to be doing amazing things, but they've got to work quite hard, haven't they? Because they're a little bit behind with their points uh, this season. What, what, what do we think we're going to see on, on Saturday from, from Watford? Are we going to see something similar to Middlesbrough? I think it's very difficult to tell exactly what the the lineup is going to be um against Sheffield Wednesday I, I would have thought you know that there will be significant changes from from this game obviously you know Ben Foster is likely to come back unless Ivic goes well you know what I've said that he is the future of the club he's the future right now and Backman goes mm-hmm. in straight for Foster I, I think that would be slightly surprising and it might it might also not be the wisest thing to do when when Ben Foster has been linked with uh moves away from the club as a sort of a supporting role uh, elsewhere or as a number one somewhere else as well. So um, I'm pretty sure that Ben Foster will come back in. Obviously, Tom Cleverley will come back in. A lot of the players that were on the bench this evening will come back into that starting lineup. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does in terms of, you know, the, the striking situation. I wonder if he will, you know, go with a, a big lad, either a, a Murray or a Peritza alongside, you know, Jao Pedro. I don't know how he's going to play that. I don't know if 
the likes of Ishmael Assar having had sort of a week of training, considering he did come back last week. Maybe he might be thrown in. I don't know if they're going to completely wrap him up in cotton wool. If that remains the case, then I think you can almost guarantee that he is going to be on his way out and that this move to Liverpool for £40 million that has been talked about by so many people, which I understand is, you know, it is a realistic possibility, but there are quite a few hurdles to get over to get to that point. If he doesn't figure, not necessarily against Sheffield Wednesday, but let's say for the next game against against Luton at home, um, then I think it's almost a sign that, yeah, he's he is he is on his way because, you know, you can't have a situation where you have all these senior players or... I know Sar's a young guy, but considered to be a you know a high-end player, you can't just ha- have them all just sat on the sidelines. It, it just doesn't make sense. I think you have to bring some of them in and say, well, look, you are here now. I want you to show your quality. And also, if you want to get this big move, you know, if, for example, if if Troy Deeney is is back and available in you know two weeks' time or whatever, and he considers himself to be you know in a position to actually say, well, yeah, I probably need to play some games to get this move that I'm, I've been talking about, then, you know, we'll get out there and play and, and show us what you're worth. So I, I think it's a very difficult situation. I would have thought all in all, we'll probably have a, a very similar team to the one that we had against Middlesbrough, but hopefully there might be a few that come back into the mix. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe some of the players might have had a change of heart. Maybe, you know, some of them might go, you know what, I don't want to play in the Premier League. I want to play in the Championship <laughs> with you lads. <laughs> so I don't... Let's, uh, let's see. I think you'd underestimate Sheffield Wednesday at, at our peril as well. John, you said they're not not doing much, and I think there's a there's a, a possibility that you we we do think less of Sheffield Wednesday because they're starting on minus twelve. But it is of yeah. course minus nine now because they had yeah. a, a great win away at, at, at Cardiff on on the opening day. They've won again tonight in in the Carabao Cup, and I think you know you keep your eye on social. It's only anecdotally, but I've seen a few encouraging uh, noises coming out of, of of Sheffield Wednesday with some of their supporters. So I think this is a a massive challenge and away from home uh, I agree with Adam I think it will be closer to, to the side we saw on Friday than, than anything else you can't really see many of the sort of big names I think most people are coming to terms with the fact that they are they are on their way out and and I think you know we will see a, a team that's similar to that and it's going to be a big challenge a big stadium an intimidating stadium a, a side with a lot of championship experience a side with a lot to prove a side with a lot to do if they're going to if they're going to survive this season and these are the sort of battles that Watford are going to face every uh, every week so a massive massive game coming up on Saturday and I think it will tell us a lot about how much Watford are buying into to Vladimir Ivic and his methods I think we, we're pretty clear in, in terms of his style of play defensively you know we, we spoke in pre-season about his uh, his focus is almost entirely on defence you know he went through the season conceding what was it seven or, or nine goals in an entire league season you don't do that without focusing on defence fitness is another a big one so in training sessions you'd expect to be very fitness heavy and lots of drills and about being organized and we're going to need that on on Saturday and I think we'll we'll see how much people are buying into into that on on in that game I think it's going to be a massive massive test and really excited to see um to see if they're up for it and how they stand up to it we'll be back with another podcast on the weekend ready for your Monday morning where we will have our first feature of ask Leventhal thank you everyone who sent in your questions using the hashtag 
Art Leventhal. Uh, and also, remember, you can comment on The Athletic uh, on this podcast episode uh, with any questions you have for Adam, which we will get to on the weekend. Uh, I think, Adam, looking at the ones we've got so far, we might be talking about transfers a little bit. So thank you very much. Uh, keep sending those questions in. Thank you very much, Adam. Do have a safe journey home down the M40. I don't, you know what? I might just sit here and just stare inside this stadium, seeing as I can. It's a, it's a unique situation, and I'm just going to stay here all night, just staring into an empty stadium from a car park. <laughs> you have fun. And thank you, yeah. Mike. You enjoy that, Adam. Yeah, no problem. I'm off to bed. Thank you very much. <laughs> and can I just say this? Um, I, you just mentioned about um, un, under the uh, under the podcast, you can leave a question. This is what all the kids are saying these days, isn't it? Comment below, I believe, oh, yeah. is the phrase, oh, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. A comment yeah. below. God, I feel, I feel 20 years younger and look 20 years older. Thank you very much. And, of course, another game on the weekend. Come on, you all. Thank you.